Hey there, I'm Terry, and I'm the intuitive healer for folks who have anxiety and want to access their soul evolution and intuition. There's more than meets the eye here as we chat and hang out in these episodes that have spiritual, esoteric, multidimensional, somatic, quantum techniques, tools, and tips to help you get unstuck and move you forward in your day-to-day life. So join me in discovering your path to help you clear anxiety of the past, align your energy to the present, and create your new future. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to The Portal with Terry Huberman. In this episode, I am so excited, like so, so excited to bring to you Dr. Debbie Silver. I recently met Debbie. Um, by the way, do you prefer to be called Debbie or Dr. Debbie's Silver? Fine. Debbie's, not, Debbie's see, fine. So great. It's like you're just so casual and just so like, it's so wonderful. <laughs> um. So basically, um, I've been looking to collaborate with people. I want guests on my podcast looking just to just sort of expand and share um, wisdom, heart wisdom, authentic connection wisdom. And I came across Debbie and uh, just want to tell you, I'll tell you a little bit about Debbie. And then um, I think it's always best for her to talk about her own self. And we're just going to have a really great conversation here. So Debbie is the founder of the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute. Okay. So you can probably already guess what this episode is going to be about. Um, Debbie is a holistic psychologist, a health mindset and personal development expert. She's written some books that have been number one international bestsellers, Trust Again, The Rebuild Roadmap, uh, Roadmap excuse me, and The Unshakable Woman, and From Hardened to Healed. She also has a podcast called Betrayal to Breakthrough. So without further ado, you've already seen her. Uh, I just wanted to give her uh, an introduction, which probably did absolutely no justice. <laughs> but welcome, Dr. Debbie Silver. Welcome, Debbie. So happy to have you here. Happy to be here. Looking forward to our conversation. Same, same. So I have to ask you, because when I was reading about you, one of the things that I found really interesting was that you married your husband again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, wow. okay. Sure. You know, <laughs> I, that's a very unusual scenario. And you can imagine running the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute has something to do with it. So just to give you a, a, a context yeah. for that whole thing, uh, sure. I've been in business over 30 years and health, mindset, personal development. Yeah. And then I had a really painful betrayal from my family. I thought I did everything I needed to do to heal from that. And then it happened a few years later. This time it was my husband. That was the deal breaker. Anybody who's been through it, you know, you know how painful that is. And I looked at the two experiences thinking, okay, what's similar to these two? Of course me, what else? And I realized, you know, I never took my own needs seriously. Boundaries were always getting crossed. And I realized that, you know, that you've heard that saying, if nothing changes, nothing changes. So here I was four kids, six dogs, 
a thriving business. And like, I could not get out of this mess. And I said, you know, a book isn't helping me. I need a whole PhD in it. <laughs> so I enrolled in a PhD program and it was in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential, because I was changing so much. I didn't really understand what was happening. He was too, wasn't ready to look at that. And then it was time to do a study. So I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, yeah. cheat, and deceive? That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my family, my work, my life. Well, it's so fascinating to me that you said... Um you know, you were talking about the whole boundary thing, because what, mm -hmm. what I do is I work a lot with these spirit. They tend to be more spiritual in nature, but an empath is an empath. Right. And so these, uh, a lot of us, I'm going to say us, because I'm constantly also evolving and changing as you know, energy consistently is moving and it's never stable. Um, we have to set the boundaries, but I think what a lot of people don't understand is that boundaries are actually not punishments. They're protections for us, right? And so as an empath, we're constantly bombarded with outside energetic influences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Well, first of all, I'm a highly sensitive empath. So you can imagine something like betrayal. Yes. It just doesn't get worse. And no. integrity is the highest value. Yeah. So clearly this was, you know, this was a, a whole spiritual thing because I really looked at it saying I could be the poster child for betrayal or there's got to be something bigger with this. And because this is your audience, you can appreciate this. You know, it's betrayal is so it, it, it makes no sense, mm -mm. right? Especially to someone who understands what it would feel like to hurt another. We just don't do that, right? Because right. we understand what it would feel like. So when trust is shattered after betrayal, it's shattered all around. You, you, you don't trust the person who shattered the trust. And then you say, well, where was I? How did I not see? How did I, how do I not know? How do I trust myself? And then if you don't trust the person you trusted the most, and you don't trust yourself. Well, how in the world can you trust in anything and anyone? Right. So it, there was, and my study even proved a real move towards spirituality, whether it was the spiritual side of your religion, people abandoned religion completely and went towards spirituality. They felt their religion didn't support them. And it, it was for two reasons. One was we need a sense of groundedness and connection. Yeah. And the other is we need to learn how to trust again. And because it's shattered all over, at least we feel like, okay, let me start trusting in something bigger other than me. And, and I did the same. I had been spiritual for 10 years and it saved me. It absolutely saved me. And um, you'll appreciate this. I, I went, I saw uh, an intuitive because I was like, oh, she has a direct line. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, <laughs> Right. And I, and I so needed that. And I walked into her appointment uh, to the session. And before he even sits down, she starts laughing. Like, what the heck is she laughing at? And, and she said, Oh my gosh, how you two plan this. And I was like, what are you saying? She goes, oh, this was a soul contract. 
He needed something so big to crash and fall and then and heal and become the husband, father, friend he's supposed to be. And you, you needed to crash and burn and rebuild. And this way you come from this deep, deep place of understanding. You're going to have an institute and you're going to have a following around betrayal and write all these books and do all these things. And I said, you're crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was one of those things where I remember during my healing process thinking, I'm going to heal from this. I have no idea how, but first of all, if I can, I'm taking everybody with me and I don't know, but what if she's right? It was always in the back of my head. I'm going to do the work to heal just so I can heal and be there for my kids and my clients. And, but then I was like, but what if, she, what if she is right? I don't know. Well, obviously you had the desire to heal though, because there are people out there who don't want to take that look into that inner reflection and just say like, okay, what is my role in this? Right. Yeah. Because energy influences energy. It's not going to be just one person who has the blame. There's always more than one person because energy influences energy. Right. <clears throat> yeah. But I, I want to be so super clear that when it comes to betrayal, it is 100. You th there's, yes, there's a role you play, but at no point is it ever your fault. Someone's no, no. choices are completely, yeah, completely up to them. What I do find though, is not that it's your fault. It's your opportunity. There's a profound lesson needing to be learned. You are lovable, worthy, and deserving. Right. You need better boundaries in place. Whatever that lesson is until, and unless you get that, you're going to have opportunities in the form of people to teach you. Yeah. From the spiritual perspective, it's a karmic acceleration. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, law of cause and effect too. It's like someone makes a choice, but when you're not living by yourself, again, it's going to affect somebody else. And the how, in a way, the how is none ya. I say it's none of your business. That's coming from the divine. Mm -hmm. Right. But we still have to do our work. And unfortunately, it's these breakdowns that spotlight us until we can access the ability to have the breakthrough. And that's the opportunity. That's yeah. the opportunity. It's, exactly. it's such a waste of trauma if you go through something like that and don't and don't use it as a catalyst and a launch pad for your transformation. And that's what the three discoveries showed. And I'm happy to go through them if you want to hear yeah, them. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So the first one was, you know, I had a feeling that betrayal was a different type of trauma. You know, I had been through death of a loved one. I'd been through disease, but I was like, mm, betrayal feels different. I didn't want to assume it was the same for all my study participants. So I asked them, if you've been through other traumas besides betrayal, does it feel different for you unanimously? They said, oh my gosh, it's so different. Here's why. Because it feels so intentional. We take it so personally. So the entire self get shattered, rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust, they're all shattered and all have to be rebuilt. Whereas with, with let's say death of a loved one, you grieve, you're sad, you mourn the lost life will never be the same. You don't necessarily question the relationship. Correct. You don't question your ability to trust. You don't question your sanity, you know, with betrayal right. you do. So that it was a different type of trauma that mm -hmm. needed a different type of healing. Yeah. That was the first discovery. So I coined a new term, post-betrayal transformation, the complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself after yes. an experience 
trail. That was yeah. the first one. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, because betrayal, the frequency of betrayal is so the opposite of play, let's say, right? So you have like, which, I mean, we can even make this more general and just say trauma is one energetic frequency. And then we have play is the other completely, totally different frequency. What you would need to balance out betrayal would be more play, correct? But how do you well, access that? Yeah, it's, it's actually, you know, I, I, I didn't, I've never looked at it that way, but betrayal is a full on reckoning. It is just an absolute reckoning of every thought, behavior, belief you've ever had. And it gives you this incredible insight and opportunity. Uh, it does, it absolutely wakes you up, shakes you up. It, it creates this psychological earthquake, you know, where the world is compartmentalized two camps before it happened and after it happened. Yeah. And very often as you're moving through, and that's the third discovery, I'd love to share that you do realize, Hey, you know what? I don't like how I've been living. I haven't been playing enough. I haven't been uh, honoring myself enough and my own needs. So everything comes into question and everything is allowed to be rebuilt. I don't know if that answers your question, but it, it actually, it does. Because if you think about it, you cannot get to that place of play until you, at its most basic level, feel better. And betrayal is is like probably one of the worst things that you can experience because the healing is not necessarily a physical thing where like your skin heals really quickly, two weeks, maybe you have a little scar and you see it every once in a while. This is, it's it's so deep into the soul. It, it is a karmic it is very karmic yeah. why it's so deep and why unfortunately it has to happen because of that soul contract. Yeah. You know? And, you know, two things with that. First of all, it is one of the most painful of the human experiences because this was the person or these were the people who gave you a sense of safety and security. Yeah. So when this is the person, these are the people to take that sense of safety and security away is traumatizing. The second thing is based on what you said about it, you know, the, the physical aspect of it, it is physical too. And that was the second discovery. There's uh -huh. actually a collection. You just led me right there. there <laughs> there's a, yeah, you didn't even know a collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and motion and emotional, so common to betrayal. It's known as post-betrayal syndrome. Now we've had, I don't know, 95,000 plus people take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to see to what extent they're struggling. And a few things about that. The first thing is we've all heard time heals all wounds, right? I have the proof that when it comes to betrayal, that's not true. There's a question on the quiz that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people write things like my betrayal happened 35 years ago and I'm unwilling to trust my betrayal happened 15 years ago. Feels like it happened yesterday. So we know that you cannot count on time or a new relationship to heal it. Healing right. needs to be deliberate and intentional. And when you do not deliberately and intentionally heal it, it will follow you around in your work, in your health, in your relationships for life. Good news yeah. is you can heal from all of it. Every few months I pull the stats from the quiz I'm, and the physical, mental, and emotional. Happy to share some if you want to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Please share. Yeah. 
Sure. Okay. Cause that would be a little awkward if you said no. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So now imagine 95,000 plus people, men and women, just about every country's represented. Ready? Out of all of them, listen to these numbers. 78% constantly revisit that experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. That's exhausting. 94% deal with painful triggers. The most common physical symptoms. So these are the physical ones. 71% have low energy. 68% have sleep issues. 63% have extreme fatigue. You go to sleep, you wake up, you're exhausted. Yeah. 47% have weight changes. So maybe in the beginning, you can't hold any food down. Later on, you're emotionally eating, using food for comfort. Sure. 45% have a digestive issue. And that could be anything. Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, bloating, you know, constipation, diarrhea, you name it. The most common mental symptoms, 78% are overwhelmed. 70% are walking around in a state of disbelief. 64% are in shock. 62% can't concentrate. So just imagine that you can't concentrate. You have a gut issue. You're exhausted. Now yeah. you have to go to work. Now you have to raise your kids, right? That's not even the emotional ones. Emotionally, 88% experience extreme sadness. 83% are very angry. And you bounce back and forth between those two all day long, depending on what's going on. 79% are stressed, just a few more. Here's why I wrote the book, Trust Again. 84% have an inability to trust. That just killed me. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. And you, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that all of those things so uh, contribute to the anxiety that I help with from an energetic perspective. So everything that you're saying causes this whole world of unknown because their security blanket has been ripped from underneath them or like they've been yes. duped. Yeah, exactly. And what's even crazier, and before I even get to the third discovery, you didn't hear me say, you know, one number, 20%, 30%. These numbers are super high. They're also not necessarily from something that happened recently. So this could be from the parent who did something awful when you were a kid. This sure. could be from the girlfriend or boyfriend who broke your heart in high school. So think about this. Yeah. That person may not know, care, remember. They may yeah. not even be alive. And here we are decades later with these symptoms that we're medicating and suppressing because of something ha that happened all those years ago. The good news is you can heal from all of it. That was the third yeah. discovery. Yeah. So tell me more about that because to, to me, that's the breakthrough part. And I think that's where so many people feel hopeless. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. It's uh, there's, there's a place where you do feel hopeless, but it's only because you haven't moved to the next place yet. So the third discovery was the most exciting for me and, uh, and for people who've gone through it. And what was discovered was while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and most people do, yeah. if we're going to fully heal and by fully heal, I mean, those symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome that I just shared to that completely rebuilt place called post-betrayal transformation. Yeah. We're going to go through five 
proven predictable stages. And what's even more exciting about that is we know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every stage. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. Healing is entirely predictable. And see, happy to share the stages if you want to hear them. Yeah, I would love to hear them because what you're saying is so important because I've always, I tell my clients information is like medication because it soothes the nervous system and then you have clarity and then you have direction and then you have empowerment. So you don't have to be a victim. So please, yeah, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. So they're all mapped out in trust again. It's what all of our cert- coaches are certified in. It's all we do within the PBT Institute is move you through the five stages. Here's sort of a boil down version. Yeah. Stage one is before, before it happens. And if you can imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Sure. What I saw with everybody, me too, was a heavy lean on the mental and emotional thinking yes. and doing. We're so great at that, right? And yeah. kind of neglecting or ignoring the emotional and the spiritual feeling yeah. and being. Well, the table only has two legs, easy for that table to topple over. That's us. Stage two, shock, trauma, discovery day, D-day. This is by far the scariest of all of the stages. And this is the breakdown you've just gotten the news that forever changes your life. And this is the breakdown of the body, the mind and the worldview right here. You've ignited the stress response. You are now headed for every single stress related symptom, illness, condition, and disease. Your mind is in a complete state of chaos and overwhelm. You can't wrap your mind around what you just learned. This makes no sense. And your worldview has just been shattered. Your worldview is your mental model, the rules that govern us, that prevent chaos. Trust this person. Don't go there. These are the rules. And in one earth-shattering moment or series of moments, everything you've believed to be real and true is no longer. The bottom has bottomed out on you, and a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. Not yet. This is horrifying, right? But think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You'd grab hold of anything or anyone in order to stay safe, right? And stay alive. And that's stage three. Survival instincts emerge. This is the most practical out of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this experience? Where do I go? Who can I trust? Here's the trap though. Stage three. This is the stage that everybody gets stuck in. I'm sure most people you see are stuck in stage three. Yeah. Yeah. And here's why. Once you've figured out how to survive your experience, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where you just came from, we think it's good. We're like, okay. And because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we think this is it. So we plant roots here. We park here. We're not supposed to, but we don't know that. And four things start to happen. The first one is you start getting all those small self-benefits. You get to be right. You get someone to blame. You get your story. And we love our story, right? You get sympathy from everyone you tell your story to. And on some level, we don't feel we're getting much else. So this feels good. So we plant deeper roots. Now, because we're here longer than we should be, well, the mind starts doing things like, you know, maybe you're not all that great. Maybe you're this, maybe that. So we plant deeper roots. Now, because these are the thoughts we're thinking, you know this, this is the energy we're putting. Like energy attracts like energy. So now we start attracting people and circumstances and relationships to confirm 
that this is where we belong. Like this is where we're going to join that lame support group. And we will actually sabotage ourselves because we found our people, right? This is where I just have when you're finished, I have to, for this example, I have to share with you something. Um, I just didn't want to forget, which is why I interrupted. So I'm sorry, but I don't want to forget. So continue on, continue on. Okay. This is where, this is where we're healing, but then we will sabotage our healing because we're afraid to outgrow our betrayer. This is where we'll go to, and listen, I'm a psychologist, but I'm a coach first. This is where we go to therapy and unpack and unpack and unpack and unpack. And we feel heard, but that's really all. We're also re-traumatized and revalidated. That's pretty much all we're getting. Right. And we do that and, and we're gluing ourselves to stage three. And now because we're he- we're here for a while and it stinks, but we have to get on with life right here, we start numbing, avoiding, and distracting. So here's where we start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, whatever, to numb, avoid, and distract ourselves from what's painful to feel or face. So think about it. You do it for a day, a week, a month. Now it's a habit, a year, 10 years, 20 years. And I can see someone 20 years out and sure. say, you know, that emotional eating you're doing. Or that numbing in front of the TV. Do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would say, they would look at me like I'm crazy. They would say it happened 20 years ago. All they did was put themselves in stage three and stay there. Does that make sense? It makes complete, complete sense. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I wrote uh, From Hardened to Healed because trust again maps out all five stages, but everybody's stuck in stage three. So From Hardened to Healed is just for the stage three. It's like, You've been through the worst of it already. What in the world are you doing staying in stage three, four? Transformation doesn't even begin doesn't until begin. stage four. And, and people people just think it's normal. Like because they stay for so long in it, that's just the way it is for them. Yeah. So stage exactly. three. And by the time someone comes to me, they're at stage three typically. Oh, know? yeah, for sure. So, yeah. so if you're willing... Um, willing is a big word right here to let go of the story, grieve, mourn the loss, a bunch of things you need to do. You move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo what happened, but I control what I do with it. Right there in that decision, you turn down the stress response. You're not healing just yet, but at least you stop the massive damage you are creating in stages two and stage three. Stage four feels like if you've ever moved, if you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, all your stuff's not there. It's not quite cozy yet, but you're like, yeah, we got this. You know, it feels like that, the, the sort of excited unknown, right? But think about it. If you were to move, you don't take everything with you. You don't take those things that, that don't represent the version of you you want to be in this new space. And what I found was there's this one spot going from stage three to stage four. If your friends weren't there for you, You've outgrown them right here. That lame support group, you're done. That betrayer who's not changing, you're done. And people ask me all the time, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. And if they don't rise, they don't come along. Really common to see. Anyway, when you settle into this new space, you make it cozy, you make it mentally home, you move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise, stuff like that. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. Now you do. The mind, 
is healing. You're making all kinds of new rules, new boundaries based on the road you just traveled. And you have a whole new worldview based on everything you see so clearly now. And the four legs of the table, in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the uh, mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Yeah. You go from wobble to stable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really interesting. Yeah. And let me tell you something, because you, this is what I want to just go back to, because you triggered in me this, this memory of complete and total sabotage unknowingly and unintentionally. So I love magic, everything about magic, magicians, the tricks, all the things, even enough that I'm a member of the magic castle in Hollywood. And we had to write an essay in order to get in. And, um, it was just this whole thing to become a member and people would ask me why I love magic so much. And I would say, because it always left me in awe how I could be deceived. Mm -hmm. And I would mm -hmm. say, I love magicians because they deceive me. Mm -hmm. So energetically I'm putting out this, oh, I like to be deceived. Yeah. And literally yeah. I date men who would on some level deceive me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that makes a ton of sense. A ton it's, of sense. It's, it's almost like how, you know, right. Like the whole idea of lies and deception that is, I mean, anybody who's, who's been betrayed, it's like, it, it doesn't get worse, you know? And, yeah. and so that's something that it's interesting, but it's great that you realize that because now with that belief changed. Oh yeah. I mean, know, it, it, minute, though, but, that, but that's part of the awareness that has like, yeah. what are you saying? What are you doing? What are you thinking? How are you being right? Yeah. That is the, those ends of the table, right. That yeah. are really the part where a lot of people are just not aware. So we have to take it from back here and bring it here. But it's, it's just, it's fascinating about how once we become, we can't do anything. We cannot navigate any situation until we become aware of it. And unfortunately when, so this experience of like the actual shock and betrayal would be considered in the tarot deck. It would be the tower card. I don't know if you're familiar with tarot at all, but it's like so shocking. It's life changing. Yeah. And it's, it's really, really crazy. Um, in terms of betrayal. So one of the things about having an open heart is that is the part of the energetic sequence that draws in or it sort of materializes or manifests, right? Mm -hmm. Betrayal closes that. Wouldn't you say that it closes that? It so definitely can. And this is what, and this is when you're hardened, not healed. And that's why I wrote from hardened to healed because it is so easy to close off your heart saying, you know what? I am not risking that level of vulnerability again. It hurt way too much. I would rather just close up my heart, put the big wall up and call it a day. That's a sign of an unhealed betrayal. We see unhealed betrayals in health work relationships. Like for example, in relationships, I'll see it in one of two ways. That's one way. The big wall goes up. You're like, nope, no one's getting near me again. We think that's coming from a place of strength. It's not, it's fear. The second way we see it, is repeat betrayal. The faces change, but it's the same thing. You go from friend to friend to friend, partner to partner, partner. You say, what the heck is it me? Yes, it is. 
again, it's your opportunity. You're not getting that lesson. And so you're being brought these opportunities in the form of people to, for you to get this already. Like, look at my own example. First, it was my family. And then uh, clearly I didn't get it. I thought I healed, right? And then it happened again. This time it was my husband. For me to enroll in a PhD program, like I did that at 50. Like I, I had been out of school for a long time, you know, for, I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I didn't know how I was going to manage the time, but I, it was the, one of the first things I had ever done of that magnitude for myself, changed my whole life, lesson learned. You so see? What, what was that calling in you then? Cause you, I mean, to make such a big, huge change at yeah. a more mature age without any information it had to be a calling within you. I mean, obviously this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is how you are of service to yeah. help people. But like, did you feel this calling in your body? Did you feel an inkling? Like, what was that? This was, it was like I had hooked myself up to a train that was just pulling me. It was so, it wasn't just like an interest it was, it was an obsession and it's so funny. And I, I, I love talking to audiences like yours and, and you, because you could appreciate this twice in my life, this crazy, which, you know, nothing is random, right? Thing happened when I was in, cause I, I graduated college. I was, I had a double major TV production, broadcast journalism. I was down that road and then I, and I hated it. It was so not what was touching me and doing anything for me. So I remember my, my college roommate saying um, once, are you, are you bored with your work? I'm like, oh, you have no idea. She's like, let's take a class. And I'm like, I don't even care what it is. Sign us up. She said, no, you know what? Let's take it towards something. Let's be dietitians. And so I enrolled in a MSRD, master's in nutrition, registered dietitian. Uh, she didn't. And it like started my whole new journey. Okay. So years later, right after my betrayal, and I'm thinking of like, I need to do something. I'm, I'm struggling with this. Something has to happen. I need a friend for lunch. And she says, I'm really thinking about going back to school. And I'm like, oh, me too. I go, I don't know, holistic nutrition. I'm like, that's not it. I mean, I was struggling so deeply. And she said, you know, I'm thinking about this thing called transpersonal psychologist. What the heck is that? And she tells me I sign up. She never did. I'm like, these angels come along to put me on a path and then flitter away. <laughs> That's pretty much how it works. It is Isn't it incredible? And and it was uh so it was just like the opportunity, the idea of what I needed at the time was the perfect solution. And um, so it was it was a natural thing because I was obsessed with the mind and how the transformation because I was changing, I didn't quite understand it, you know. And then I was like, let me just study betrayal as my study, you know, you have to do a a study, a, the dissertation. I'm like, let me just, let me study betrayal. And my only intention was to heal. I didn't expect those discoveries, but it was all meant to happen. That's the thing. When you are in your alignment, in your authenticity, you know, people are afraid. They're so afraid of their ruthless self-honesty, but you hear people like you, or you hear these success stories that are doing really well in their field. And the only reason they're able to is because of that ruthless self-honesty. Yeah. 
Cause you have uh, to get to a point where you're almost like, I call it grace. That's what, that's what it feels like to me. It's a rock bottom in a way. And you're just oh, yeah. like, I need help from the divine, yeah. right? Like I need help. God universe spirit guides, whoever you are, <laughs> whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. I need help. And it's this yeah. state of grace, but you can only get there with ruthless self-honesty. It's so that's, it's so true. And I'll tell you, it really, it was, it was so hard because first of all, I'm a really private person. I mean, betrayal is the kind of thing that everybody loves shaming and blaming. And, and for me to, to, to talk about this. And I remember, you know, any good coach has a coach, right? So I remember we were all on a zoom call and my coach was, we were all going around. What's new with you? What's new with you? What's new with you? And it was my turn. And I was talking about the study and the study and the study and what we learned and this and that. And he just looks at me and he just like stopped me mid sentence. And he just points his finger and he goes, stop hiding behind your effing study already. And I was like, oh. and he was, and it was terrible, but he was right. And, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to um, really ignite and inflame and infuriate lots of people because they have their own judgment, but the people who need to hear this, I'm going to reach them. Yeah. And I even sat my family down when I wrote trust again, because my story's in it, the whole thing. And I thought, you know, my kids would be like, oh, mom, come on, you know? And, uh, and they were like, you know what, mom, you're going to help a lot of people. My biggest supporter, my husband, you know, and this was even before we got married again, he was, you're going to help so many people. It's amazing. You yeah. know, evolution is evolution. And to me, it's miraculous. It really is. And especially when you're going from one place to another place, it's like, where did you come from? You know? So it's, there's, definite, um, non-physical work (laughs) going on, you know? So there's, it's just, it's miraculous. It's wonderful. So do you have anything coming up, um, in your Institute, any classes or courses or anything like that, that you want to share or talk about? Yeah. We have so much going on. Well, first of all, within the PBT Institute, I mean, there's nothing like it that exists. We, I certify a lot of coaches, only the best of the best of the best get to work within PBT. So members take live daily classes with our certified coaches. We have coaches from all over the world. So there's never a problem with time. We have our signature programs. Uh, Everything is numbered according to what stage you're in. So if you come in in stage two, you do all the stage two stuff until you get to stage three. You do all the stage three stuff until you get to stage four and, and so on. And, um, and a very supportive, uplifting community. So it works. It just does. So we have that. We have, uh, we founded National Forgiveness Day, which is celebrated yearly on September 1st. So that's just so exciting. Um, and now we're going into corporate. We, uh, you know, so many companies struggle with team members who just cannot show up for work or can't hold it together because of a, an unhealed betrayal. So we're, uh, we're, we're, this is a very unique type of corporate wellness program. So we're doing that too. So, and we have an amazing program for the betrayers also. And uh, these are people who, oh yeah, you know, not the betrayer who's sort of on to the next, they would never be interested in a program. Yeah, like, this. like but, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, no, but for the ones who realize I just shattered 
the heart and love and trust of the very person I love and, and, you know, I love the most and who loves me the most. So we have a lot of people who come into our reclaim program, which is for the betrayed. A lot of people come and then the betrayer goes into our rebuild program. They meet up again up here and it's beautiful. Do you find that? I know you had a, a story where you got to work through your betrayal issues and your husband too did too. And you guys came together. Do you find that a lot of people do come to come back together after like if they you know, both come we, through? Yeah, we see when someone is in stage four and stage five, that's when that is the only place. If you're in stage three, all you're going to do is, is have a stage three life and you'll have more of the same repeat betrayals or yeah. someone who may betray you again. When someone is in stages four or five, that's when you're ready for a very different type of relationship, either with the person who hurt you on a very different level or with someone new. So we have um, in our community, our coaches who have people who have completely rebuilt their lives and they're, they're with their partners again in a very different relationship. We also have lots of, uh, of our coaches and members who have healed so much and they've completely outgrown who they were with. And they're in beautiful relationships now with someone worthy and deserving of the version of them they've become. Yeah. So we see both, we get the betrayed to their physical, mental, and emotional best. And from that place, you know, it could be a new relationship with the person who hurt them or a completely new relationship. And it's so beautiful to see. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that, that sounds good. I just thought it was very interesting um, that I feel like I have to give kudos to those who have done the betraying and then they want to, to make sure they don't do it themselves, that they don't do it again themselves. So there's, I really do have to give people like that, you know, a, a high five because <laughs> there's always the victims, right. But then, you yeah. know, there's the perpetrator too. So mm-hmm. good for you. If you, you know, did it. That's not the good part, but you know, good for you for wanting to, to stop and for you to heal and evolve too. So I think that's really and, great. Uh, yeah. They're amazing to work with too. You know, I, I work with them on a monthly call. They see our coaches, they have their own community. They have their own work that, that we have them do. Uh, but I work with them, you know, on this group call and it's, it's amazing because I am telling them I'm giving them the playbook, you know, yeah. do this don't do this, say this, don't say, it. and they are writing you know, feverishly. And it's so great because I, I love this. This just happened not that long ago. And we had a couple, he was the betrayer and he was in a rebuild program and she was the betrayed. She was in a reclaim program. And so I'm working with the group of the betrayers and he's asking questions and I am going over a step-by-step of what to do, what not to do in the whole thing. And then I get on a group call with the betrayed and she speaks up and she said, oh my gosh, he's like the guy I met in college. He's just just saying and doing all the right things. And I'm like giggling to myself and I'm like, yeah, he listened. <laughs> it was so great. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Oh, this is all such good, that such great stuff. You're doing really powerful work. Um, self-forgiveness is probably one of the hardest things to, to do. Um, and, and again, not to put any blame or anything like that. Um, but I, I mean, I know from experience, I have made choices that I've not been happy about, whether it was a betrayal, you know, in a relationship or even just, you know, any decision 
you know, it's so, so important for that self-forgiveness. So it's really great that you also have this focus on forgiveness because most people see forgiveness as, oh, I've got to forgive someone else. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it, again, it's that self, you know, ruthless honesty. So, yeah. well, this has been wonderful chatting with you and meeting you and getting to know you. So just really quick, can you just give us, um, where can we find you? I'll make sure I put all that information also in the notes, in the show notes section. And when I send everything out, but just so people can hear it right now. Sure. Everything is at the PBT as in post-betrayal transformation, the pbtinstitute.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Debbie. Really, really appreciate you stopping by and everybody else. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll have a lot more fun things ahead for you. And uh, it's almost the end of the year. So, you know, wishing everybody a happy, healthy, prosperous abundance of good abundance right? (laughs) For the new year and going to be signing off here. Thank you so much to everyone. And I'll see you on the flip side. Well, our time in this now moment together has ended, but another now moment is on its way. Thank you so much for joining me in this human journey and listening to this podcast, The Portal with Terry Huberman. I sure hope you're getting something out of it. I'm here to help you clear anxiety from the past, align your energy into the present, and help you create your future. My prayer for you is to find the peace and calmness in any given now moment so you can recognize when blessings are afoot and you get to choose your next adventure. Be curious and stay connected. You can always find me at terryhuberman.com. Bye now.